Welcome to the Q4 Impact Podcast, where we challenge the cultural norms of aging through scripture, story, and conversation. Welcome, friends, to the Q4 Impact Podcast. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Susan Kunselman, and we are about to tackle the topic of something old-fashioned. I'm more old-fashioned than Susan is, so I'm going to first use the old-fashioned word of stewardship, but then I'm going to give kind of the more modern version of what we mean by that. And what we mean by that is who's really in control of our lives? What do you think, It's going to be, oh, I think it's going to be a fun topic because, uh, really it's it's both and right i think that's the way we are going to approach it and that creates a challenge but there was a quote by c.s lewis that you included in your blog and for those that may not know there is a blog that corresponds to each of our podcasts so we invite you to check that out on our website but this quote is worth making sure we get in it says every faculty you have your power of thinking or moving your limbs from moment to moment is given you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not, in a sense, his own already. Makes a pretty strong statement for who's in control, doesn't it? Yeah, I think he was a pretty uh, profound man in his day, and his words have lived for years and years uh, after his passing. It's, uh, you know, this is, it's our life. You know, God has given us a life. And it, and in some ways, it belongs to us. We have the freedom to do and say and live the way we choose. But it is our lives, but it's his life that is, that is given to us. So it's both. And I, and I want... That's sometimes in Christendom, you know, you, you know, everything belongs to God and it's his. And yes, that's true. And also it's, it's our life that he's given to us. So that creates sort of a competing set of priorities in, in that, you know, there are things that I desire personally, things I want to do. And then there are things that God has for me to do and marrying them and tying them together and making our lives make sense is kind of what we want to talk about today. Are, are, are we living more like it's our life or are, is our life look as though it's really, it belongs to God? And that's a good question for us to talk about. And that's what we're going to talk about. Which is good. And I, I think that it's going to look different for everyone. Although the, the aroma, if you will, should always, for us as believers, reflect that God is in control, even in the freedoms that we exercise. So that's where the... It, individualism, I kept trying to blend words, the uniqueness is going to be reflected in the way that we steward 
all that the Lord has given us. And I think if we if we put out there what we're talking about, and many people may be familiar with the parable of the talents and have heard teaching on that. Um, I think, is it in Matthew that that is, is found? And may, probably more than one place, but um, it's our time. It's our resources. It's, it's everything, our possessions, everything that we possess that comes from the Lord. I think it's very different if we have the attitude that this is really mine to do whatever I want to do with it versus, yes, it's mine to do whatever I want to, but it's God's given it to me. And so the word stewardship to me means includes responsibility. How am I going to manage? How am I going to live out his purposes given the fact that I have freedom to do whatever in essence I want to do that's not who I here's Ron let me introduce you to Ron he does whatever he wants to do you know, that's not how I want to be known I want to be known as here's Ron he's devoted his life to trying to please God in the things that he does. And and again, of course, you always want to be careful to say pleasing God isn't done by doing. It's it's being pleasing God is is surrendering to just his purposes for our lives. And and so uh just make sure that that everyone understands that. But still, it's it's that's the good question: is are you known as someone who is just constantly, continuously the 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 goal, the driving force of your life is to really please God in all of the things that you do? You are talking. It is an ouch, and you're talking about that principle of ownership. At the foundation level, who is in control? Is it me? Is it you? Is it God? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I think that's a that's a pretty obvious answer. It, it's a pretty obvious answer in my mind. It is, and I'm those of us that are listening for the most part, I think, would agree. It, it's it's he should be in control. Um, he deserves to be in control. He's, we're, we're said to have been bought with a price, that the price of our Savior's death on the cross entitles him to have our lives devoted to his purposes and his will for our lives. So I want to say that I want God to be in control. And I want to, though I'll have desires to want to do certain things, I want those desires to be brought to him and to make sure that I'm fulfilling those desires that I have in light of what his will is for my life. And that that really is the theme, is that I want my grandkids to say about me, at the, the last day of my life and after I'm gone, they say, my poppy, that's my name for them, was one who lived his life 
wanting to please the Lord. Yes, that you are under the ownership of God in the way that you make decisions with all that he has given you. But that's the perfect lead-in to a second principle that falls under stewardship, and that is the principle of responsibility. Because once our hearts are established and surrendered under the control and ownership of God, it's our hands, it's our feet, it's our brains. We're the ones now playing out every decision about our finances, about our time. So let's talk a little bit more of what that principle of responsibility looks like. Well, something that comes to mind is, is if you're given something, let's just say someone gives you their car to borrow. You, you needed a car, you're out of town, a friend says you can use their car. So, you know, you may have certain driving desires like this. Wow, this is a much nicer car than I have, and it's a much faster car than I have. I wonder if it really can go 120 miles an hour. You know, it's it's not it's not your car. And so there's a responsibility that we would have to take care of that car in a way that would be pleasing to the owner. I don't want to be eating stuff and spilling things and you know obviously. And that's kind of a parallel to Yes, God has given us all of these things, our bodies, our access to the, the beauty, the pleasures. It's all there. It's a giant buffet of, of things that we could participate in. But back to the, the ownership. God is our creator. He made us. So I want, it's only right for me to say, in spite of the fact that there's a plate full of chocolate chip cookies and I could eat every one of them, I have to say in light of who I am and who, who I belong to, what's the right amount? How many cookies should I have? And so it's kind of a silly example, but it's an applicable example. Even though we have the freedom to do whatever we want to do, when we're conscious of who is who has made us and what we're here for, then I feel like I have a responsibility to want to care for my body, care for my actions, and even care for my environment, to care for how I treat the earth. Um, a great case can be made for that as well. Absolutely. And you are now taking responsibility as a noun and turning it into a verb. Because when we acknowledge that God is in control and we have a responsibility to him to exercise and govern and manage those things that he has placed under our, our control, <laughs> then what does that look like? And now you're leading us into the third principle of stewardship which is accountability. We are accountable, whether we want to admit it or not. Um, I, I don't know how you would be 
you could, I do know how someone could live their lives and not be accountable. Uh, it's just something to me that's not desirable, but that God has created me and he's given me and us all of this beauty and all of this wonder, but we're going to pay no attention to him. We're just going to say, you know, thank you, God, or whatever we're going to say. And now I'm just going to do my own thing. And I'm just going to do whatever I want, however I want to do it. And obviously people do that. And yet, of course, biblically, <laughs> that's, that's not how we're instructed to live. We're instructed to present our bodies. And Romans 12 present our bodies a living sacrifice and holy and acceptable to God that our, our, our behaviors are acceptable. They're, they're accountable. They line up with what scripture teaches us, what Jesus modeled for us, that we have the freedom to do anything that we want to do. And there are boundaries that God has given us. This is how our lives will work best as the creator of each of us. He knows what's best for us. When he gives us limits and he gives us commandments, it's not to punish us or to keep us from pleasure or having fun. It's because he knows how our lives will work best. And we want to pay attention to the creator of us by doing what he knows is best for us. And so we are accountable to him in every area of our lives. And when we're conscious of that, when that's a part of our daily consciousness, then we'll do a better job staying in his will and not going outside and stumbling over the temptations, the distractions that are everywhere. And so living a life of accountability or I think accountability is kind of maybe another word for discipleship. Potentially. I don't think that's what comes to my mind when I think of it. In fact, I will say personally Accountability is where the rub is. That is, when I hear that word, I think it's more of an emotional response that can come. Um, Depending upon what has preceded, I am either now fearful of what's coming or I am excited for reward. Um, And I'm taking this just in human terms of accountability. Like if I had um, a boss that was holding me accountable to something. If I've done what I'm supposed to do, then that's okay. I can be confident. But if I haven't, then it starts to to feel odd. And I, I think this is where, if I take it another perspective, where our sin nature comes. We don't like to be held accountable. We want to do what we want to do. I have an almost 10-year-old and he will tell me that to his face, to my face at times. <laughs> Mom, I do not want to do what you're asking me to do. You know, plain and simple, he does not want to be held accountable. And so I feel like for myself, when I recognize these 
emotional responses, if you will, it's kind of a good gut check for, okay, let me go back to principle one and principle two. Who do I believe is in control? Because if I don't believe that God is in control, then I'm going to get to accountability and I'm not going to be real happy. But if I am living in a place of submission to that authority, then, and I know the goodness, as you just said, like all that he has designed for us to do and the commands for how we are to live, if I truly believe that his control is good and for my good and his glory, then accountability is no longer um, a challenge. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Uh, I'm so glad that it's great to have another person on this podcast who has different thoughts and ways of looking at some of these things. Um, stewardship, the, the fact that everything that we have, you say, well, you say, well, I started a company and it became successful and I worked hard. And now I have money that has allowed me to buy things. So don't those things belong to me? Well, yes, they belong to me. And yes, I look at them as that God has given them to me. He's allowed me to be able to have those things. And because of that fact that I believe that I'm still accountable even for my own possessions, my possessions are in my name. My bank account, you know, doesn't have Jesus as the co-signer registered with the bank, yet he really should be. And and the way I I conduct my affairs, the way I spend my money, the way I spend my time, the way I invest in my hobbies and my is all should include where is God's purpose in this? Am I am I walking down the path that he has laid out for me? There is a call on my life to do certain things. Is this decision supporting that call on my life? to be his, his son, his, his expression to this world? Or am I using what I've been given for that purpose? And at the same time, you know, that's where this, this being able to, to do two things at once, so to speak. I can enjoy the game of golf while witnessing to the guy in the cart with me. So I can be doing both things at the same time. I can be enjoying a pleasure and I could be fulfilling God's purpose. And that's kind of a, a good almost recipe. I can enjoy a wonderful meal and I could leave the server a little track or I could say something to, to sh express my faith. Then what do you think so of that? Well, I, I know that you live that way. And I think those are very <laughs> practical applications of the way you were stewarding your life. You like how I worked that in? It is 
this is again going back to the the uniqueness what is god calling us to do that starts with our heart response to him of surrender because he does give us freedom he gives us you know what it, what does it say that you know it is our our thinking our ability to know right and wrong that is what separates us from the animals this is a gift of the lord and one day all of us whether we profess him as lord or not will stand before him to give account and the beauty is we get that choice now of will we choose to recognize that all that we have all that we are is a gift from him and will we now steward or responsibly live our lives in such a way that when we stand before him he will say well done thou good and faithful servant and i know we've used that before on the podcast it's what you want it's what i want i pray it is what so many uh, want that are listening to this you know susan i don't know if you know this about me but i've sinned did you know that <laughs> well i think we all do <laughs> we do so when i'm disobedient when i do something i shouldn't there's an experience that goes along with that when i'm in god's will and i'm just you know one of those things happen where i'm just being faithful there's an experience that goes along with that too oh boy do i prefer the experience of being in the center of god's will and having him use me for his purpose and his plan, the reward of that is so far greater than whatever you get out of your own stubbornness, your own disobedience to partaking in some attitude or some thing you've done. You know, that just brings typically disaster or significant displeasure. And uh, so it's a win-win to be a, a follower of Jesus. Yeah, there's, there's difficulties. There can be persecution. There can be suffering. But the reward both now and in eternity is so significant. And, and that's what we want Absolutely. to encourage our listeners, isn't it, to to be disciples, to be ones that are madly in love with following Jesus. That's what we want. Amen. And to let that then be reflected in the way that you steward all that you own and all that you are for his glory. That is the call on our lives. Anything else you'd like to add before I wrap us up today? You know, I'm ready for your wrap up. Okay. So... For those that have been listening over the last few weeks, you know that Ron and I have closed the last few episodes by making you aware of a book that we have written called The Wonder of Christmas. It is definitely a challenging season in which we find ourselves, and it does come down to how are we going to manage our time and our resources during the extreme busyness that we all face. So we have learned in the podcast today that there's a foundational mindset that reminds us of what our response is then going to be to the Lord. Is he Lord? Is he in control of our lives? The wonder of Christmas highlights the story 
of many in the story of Jesus' birth who were willing to surrender everything that they had, their own bodies, in fact, for the purposes of his will and his glory. So we believe this book is definitely a good representation of stewardship. Is the, wouldn't you agree? So Absolutely. we invite you to get your copy today, and you can do that on our website at www.myq4impact.org, or it is also available on Amazon. Thank you so much for listening. And as we come to the final three episodes of 2023, the next few weeks, Ron and I are going to be doing something a little bit different about Christmas and with the book that we have had the privilege of writing. So tune in with us. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Q4 Impact Podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on so you continue receiving encouragement and practical tips on how to live your fourth quarter continually impacting the world around you for Christ.